My college career literally began, began with a bang, a concussion that I suffered while playing football in college. It was a physical and violent event that would forever shift the direction of my life. I share this story to explain the duality it shares between cruelty and beauty. And while I do not wish for such an experience to befall anyone else, I hope that might resonate with someone who, like me at the young age, felt lost, alone, or uncertain of where they were going. In the summer of 2010, I was called by my university's football program to come out early and participate in their summer training camp. The conversation is muddled now in my memory, but what I do remember clearly is the coach on the other end of the line saying, we really need you. Incredibly, that is all it took to leave my friends behind in another state and move with little more than a duffel bag of clothes the very next day. And what a day it turned out to be. It started with getting picked up by my offensive line coach, Keith Carter, had a rasped voice from weeks of shouting orders to young men on the field and a constant sunburn. I quickly came to realize what kind of person he was on that first day. After signing a stack of compliance paperwork for the NCAA that made me dizzy, he took me to get uh, fitted for equipment. As I was getting my helmet sized correctly, I remember him asking the equipment manager for new sunglasses that had the reflective lenses. And when the manager asked him why that he wanted that type of sunglasses, he said he didn't want the players to see his eyes. Before I could even comprehend what I had gotten myself into, I was asked by Carter to help with the practice drills while my paperwork was still being cleared in the office. He had looked at me seriously and said, you can't play today, so don't do anything serious. And I answered by being on the receiving end of a player's face mask colliding with my own on the sideline. My evening was spent within the medical trainer's room, cleaning the cuts and falling asleep in my empty dorm room from exhaustion. When I woke up, I had missed the dinner meal at the cafeteria, and my day ended with me buying snacks from the vending machine and sleeping with a towel for a pillow. The bang would happen three weeks later. When it happened, the play was called 92 Power on one. Ready? Break. It was, my, uh, it was also Carter's favorite play in football. I knew this by the way he drew out the play on the whiteboard, uh, getting pissed whenever the expo marker ran out and blaming the new person in the room each time for killing it. No one would ever tell him it was because he would smash them against the board so hard that it would waste the ink. And I thought it was careless at first, but then I learned better. Carter emphasized the force of the play. Outside the box where the receiver's routes would be drawn, their lines were light to the point of soft. And soft meant you didn't matter. Soft meant your contributions were near nothing. Soft meant to get the fuck out of the way. Carter never drew the O-line soft. He just called us it instead. You know when a parent says they're not mad, they're just disappointed? That's what soft felt like. It hurt your soul. Besides the right guard's pull, though, I like I said, power consisted of little else than literally determining who wants it more between you and the guy across the line of scrimmage. And that's the problem with the play. If you don't win, it means you didn't want it more. Carter envisioned us somehow getting enraged by the sound of the play being called. But playing as a guard, I can tell you, it doesn't work that way. When the quarterback jogs into the huddle, making you bend over, hands on your knees, lungs compressed to where you can take a long breath, he looks at you and the receivers and backs and calls out 92 power, on one, ready, break. The first thing that comes into your head is fuck. The amazing thing about the word fuck is that it explains a lot of different things all at once. The first thing I thought it was called fuck, 92 power, that means I pull. I ran quickly up towards the ball and that's another one. Carter always wanted the O-line to get up to the ball as fast as our fucking knee braces could move us. 
If you try to run too fast, legs opening up too far, you risk getting them caught on each other. The metal clips locking together and you would drop. Not just fall, you would literally drop so quickly, there is no time to put your arms out to catch yourself and you end up spitting up grass from your mouth for the rest of practice. Gripping that same turf that has been spit up by my teammates, the litany of fucks now was growing. Another came when I realized I couldn't see the defender I was supposed to be aiming at after I pulled, the center's helmet blocking my peripheral vision. I watched as he grasped the football firmly, gaining ready to hike it, and then came another. I realized I'd forgotten the snap count. So I murmured to the center, count. I knew the defender could hear me. It was Carter behind me I didn't want to hear. My center whispered, Charlie, Charlie, back. Charlie was the secret word for the snap count to be on one. Alpha four to be on set, Bravo on second color. Then the quarterback yelled, Mike 55, Mike 55. I strained my, le- my neck to look as high as possible to see who he's pointing to as the middle linebacker, Mike for short. Most plays, I didn't care who the Mike was, but never ever tell Coach Carter that. In all honesty, I cared more about the first guy I was supposed to hit. If I hit him hard, I could call, get the running back usually enough space to get a couple of yards in. And that's how we played, a few yards at a time. We hated it at first, and Carter loved it. He, would bro- he broke us in, and now there was no other way to do it. It was stupid to try and, tr- and change our minds. However, there were no shortcuts with a play like power. And I was supposed to hit the mind line- Mike linebacker, who I couldn't see. The quarterback had yelled, set. And the gears in my head started to grind against one another like a rusted machine that just received a child's toll of a quarter to run, though it was on the verge of breaking. And I could feel the strain of metal on metal, and my fear and overthinking started to overwhelm the circuits. Blue 88, blue 88. And then there's silence. And everybody holds their breath. And in every single mind of every single being out on the field, the same intake of breath happens. There's a mutual respect and an unknowingly sacred moment. Storytellers alike are not lying when they speak about that deathly silence before the culmination of battle. In the moment of utter stillness dedicated to those who came before us, long gone and remembered. Their message has been engraved deep into our bones and the bones of every being in life of this realm. In that most pure moment of nothing, in everyone's hearts, they're thinking about how to survive. And that's how I always thought of football. Survive this practice, this drill, this play. And I found pleasure in those small hours of sleep or rest. The frequent laughs over piles of empty plates and used napkins, but I always returned to the brink of death, made myself bleed from vomit for a man that called me soft. Hut. And then the moment burns, hardened emotions like fuel that rushes through my body. I forget the snap count, forget the stance and the correct steps to take, forget the players flying on either side of me, forget that you're supposed to hit someone who's not there, just go, just do it. I have less than a half a second to find the mic, but there he is, he took the bait, forget the ear hole I'm supposed to be aimed from, just hit him. Try to forget the yells, Carter is behind me, try to forget the first time I went on the field, forget how my face was cut open by a drill I wasn't supposed to be in, Carter rushing over to the trainers, telling them to look after me, telling me I'm all right. It's a good look. Welcome to the team, bud. You have to practice talks, getting advice how to improve, his voice becoming, of all things, soft. I could see Mike now. He was barreling towards me, both larger and faster than I could ever be. I knew I could dive and try to take out his legs, but the play wouldn't work. Carter would yell. All I wanted to hear was that soft voice again, that voice telling me it's all right. And if it means the end of my career as an athlete, fuck it. My choice was made. Pads connect. My eyes rolled in the back of my head. The world around me changed. The line that was my life just bent at an acute angle, and I don't remember what direction it was heading in. They say one of the easiest symptoms to tell if a player has a concussion is if he had memory loss. Yet I will never have forgotten the practice nor my feelings towards football that had followed. The sport was the reason for me attending college. 
and it was no longer my passion though. So after two years of playing, I found myself filling my time no longer with practices in the sweltering heat, but writing short stories in the library. Now, having graduated college and working to be a leader on USD's campus, I look at the sport both with an adoration, but also with caution. And given so much of myself to the achievement of success on the field of play, I realize how important it is to recognize the beauty and tenderness of life.